All right, guys, how's it going? Welcome into Rover Sports. Going to give you unadulterated opinions on the combine. Uh, how's it going, YouTube? Just uh, entered into YouTube, and now we're on podcast. Uh, find me on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. So let's get to let's just get to unadulterated thoughts on the NFL Combine. Everything uh, that that is the NFL Combine. Let's get to our unadulterated uh, thoughts on the Combine on yesterday. But what really what the Giants want to do? And I'm sorry, I'm going to get right into the Giants. Sometimes you got to give the people what they want. I have a lot of Giants fans here on my show. I want to thank my Twitter fans for, you know, a lot of James Morgan positivity yesterday. Got 10 retweets, which was cool. Um, That's actually the highest I've ever gotten a retweet. Uh, And that's not even that much. I'm not really bragging. So let's get to the Giants, okay? I'm going to be unadulterated, which means that it's just going to come out. You know, it's just going to be unfiltered, which means that it's just going to flow and it's just going to come out just like you're getting a soda at the soda machine. So I don't think the Giants are taking Isaiah Simmons in the draft. And the reason why I don't think the Giants are, are not taking Isaiah Simmons is I think that Isaiah Simmons personality, I think he's a nice kid. But I think that Isaiah Simmons' his personality, I just think he's a little goofy. And you look at Chason of LSU, and Chason is a guy that I think the Giants, I, I just think that the Giants and Chason are more of a fit than Isaiah Simmons. And I think Simmons is a nice kid. This isn't even a slight on his character. I just think that Simmons, Joe Judge, he wants guys that are going to be like Marines. So that's why I think that Isaiah Simmons, to the Giants, Isaiah Simmons is silly. Isaiah Simmons likes to have fun. Is Isaiah Simmons going to be serious? Um, I think that the Giants are going to like him, and you're never going to hear this out of anybody, but... I like Chason's personality just a ton. I think that Chason, um, I think that his personality is what what attracts him to the Giants. I I actually think that Chason, in certain instances, his personality might not be right for say like a Panthers or say like a very you know young up and coming team. But Chason is a guy who's very unselfish. Very, very outwardly confident in his abilities, kind of like DeAndre Baker. And his answer during the Combine interview and with Mike Florio was absolutely brilliant. Chason said said that he is down to play special teams. He said, I'm the most valuable player in this draft because I can pass rush, I can cover, and I'm very versatile. In every respect, I'm very unselfish. I'm a tremendous leader and I'm a three language guy. I'm a three tool guy. I can play special teams. I can rush the passer. I can cover and I can also be vocal and be a leader. And I think that the New York Giants are going to be very attracted to Chase on. Isaiah Simmons is great. He lights up a room. I would love to have him on my podcast. He's a very, very nice, kind guy. Okay. Um, So I don't want people to go in the comments and say that I don't like Isaiah Simmons. I just think that for the Giants specifically, with how serious Joe Judge is, Joe Judge can border sometimes on being the bad cop, on kind of being, 
you know, he has to walk that fine line where he's not being overly uh, harsh or where he's not being overly uh, just like drill sergeant like with with stuff. You know, he's not proclaiming starters. Shermer's a nicer guy than Joe Judge, but Joe Judge is going to get things done. And that's why I'm a, I'm a m- much more of a Joe Judge fan. I think that there are two guys that the Giants really like in this draft, and I'm just predicting because that's the point of YouTube and that I don't have inside sources. And if I had inside sources, I definitely would not be speaking to you guys publicly about this. And it's not an offense to you guys. It's that if the Giants ever entrusted me with with uh, draft intel, you can't talk. Then you work for the team or if I worked at a big network and you know and I had a relationship with a GM I'm not I'm then going to th- I'm going to phrase things very carefully then uh and, and I'm going to try to get you to paint a picture so the giants I just believe so this is just off my inclination nobody else's I think that Kenneth Murray not only is a spectacular football player, but he's violent, which is exactly what Joe Judge likes, and it's exactly what I like. So it aligns kind of with what I like. He's very physical. He runs downhill, and he slashes people. So I really, really like that about Kenneth Murray. He's a slasher, and he'll flat out just deck people. I think Chase Sun has that exact same sort of pedigree. Uh Kalevon Chason out of LSU. Chason can cover. Murray is going to be fast, but Murray, I do question if he's going to be able to cover tight ends as well as like a Chason. But a dream scenario would be to get those two guys in your front seven, to get Chason who can rush the passer and to get Kenneth Murray. You then have Dexter Lawrence and you re-sign Leonard Williams with B.J. Hill and Dalvin Tomlinson. Your D-line is going to be absolutely stacked. And I think that the Giants are taking a page out of San Francisco's playbook. And I would like to see the Giants built like the 49ers. I want to see the Giants just stack the deck with like eight, you know, really awesome pass rushers because it's cold physical football. And that's what Shermer didn't get. Shermer was soft. Uh, Ben McAdoo was West Coast and Ben McAdoo was really soft. So Joe Judge is going to have hard-nosed football, and that is exactly what I want the New York Giants to represent is I want the Giants to get after the passer. The Giants are linked to Jadavion Clowney. Um, Jadavion Clowney can be known as a guy that sometimes has an inconsistent motor, and he does get hurt sometimes. So maybe in terms of work ethic, Joe Judge would have to get the most out of him. Now, I love Sean Spence. I think Sean Spence is probably my favorite coach that the Giants have hired. Sean Spence is a guy that I would love to work with every day. He gets to the facility early. He motivates. He has a great sense of humor. And the guy is a flat-out rock star. He's a beast. He is rock solid. And he's fun. And he worked with James Franklin. He developed Carl Nassib. So I think Carl Nassib is a possibility for the Giants as well on the cheap. And I think that he can get the most out of Jadavion Clowney. I think he can get the most out of X-Man, uh, O'Shane Xemenez. 
And I am really excited to see what Sean Spence does with this. Um, I'm excited to see what he does with this team. So the Giants are looking at Jadavion Clowney. If they have Clowney and Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, this team is going to be absolutely stacked. I also love the fact that Jadavion Clowney is an enemy of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't root for injuries. And I don't think Clowney is a malicious guy like he meant to injure Carson Wentz. I just think he was playing through to the whistle. Carson Wentz was a runner. But the fact that Davion Clowney is cocky, the fact that he um, it, it really takes a lot of pride in beating teams and, and the fact that you know, he has a hatred for the Eagles and the Eagles fan base has a hatred towards him, if you're an enemy – of my enemy, you are certainly welcome to my party anytime. And that's why Jadavion Clowney is a guy that I think is so attractive because he has just those rare, rare traits. He's 27 years old and he's a flat out killer and he'll attack the run in the pass game. And then if you if you then get Chase on, you then have Leonard Williams and Dexter on the inside, you're not going to be able to double-team anybody. So then you're getting one-on-ones all over the field, and then you have Sean Spence coaching up these guys. And maybe you get a Carl Nassib as well uh, with, with X-Man, O'Shane Xeminez. I even forgot to mention the guy that had the most sacks on the dang team last year, and that is Marcus Golden. So uh, I am a Giants fan, and I am extremely, extremely excited about the possibilities of the draft. But you may be thinking, Spencer, why are you going on about Chason and Kenneth Murray if the Giants have the number four overall pick? And this is where I connect every single dot here. One, I don't think that Simmons, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, but is he going to be elite at, at something? He played in the ACC. He's a track star, so he is like a Fred Warner type, and I do love the way that he plays. I think that, you know, in interviews, he's a super nice guy, but I wonder if, he can, if he's that serious, serious team-first guy. And he probably is, and at Clemson, you know, I don't think that it's going to be hard for people to get that information out of Isaiah Simmons. And I, my job right here is not to slight Isaiah Simmons. It's just to be very honest on this podcast. And I even think Isaiah Simmons could very well be a really good player in the NFL. It's just, is he a fit? You know, you have to look at fit and you have to look at team, not attributes, personality, because some outgoing personalities are welcomed places. So I'm just coming to you as a narrator, kind of. I don't have a personal bias against Isaiah Simmons, really. I really don't. But I like Chason and Kenneth Murray just as much. And if I had the number four overall pick, the New York Giants, okay, the dream scenario is something that I think is very plausible. Joe Burrow goes number one. Number two, the Redskins stick with Dwayne Haskins. Now, there are reports coming out from guys who work at Fox Sports and guys who work around the NFL that Haskins did not grasp the playbook that well last year. 
And the thing about Haskins is, yes, Haskins had his own draft party where he charged people $50 in order to attend the draft party. I do like Daniel Jones as my quarterback more than Dwayne Haskins. From a work ethic standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, I am a Daniel Jones fan. And I liked when the Giants selected Jones and not Dwayne Haskins. So Dwayne Haskins has a big arm, but is he mobile enough? And is he going to be a guy that's going to lead you, that's really going to? Is he a guy that you're comfortable passing up on Tango Vailoa for? Because Tango Vailoa is an absolute phenom. And if his medicals check out, um, I really think that the Redskins, if I was running the Redskins, I would, if the medicals checked out, I would take Tango Vailoa. And that's not even an offense to Dwayne Haskins. It's that Tango Vailoa is that special of a quarterback that you're passing on Tango Vailoa and you're passing on Justin Herbert, both of who I think are light years better than uh, Dwayne Haskins. I even think Tango Vailoa is going to be better than Daniel Jones if he's healthy. But I think Daniel Jones is still a very good quarterback where I look at Haskins and I have real doubts about his ability to play because I just think his pocket mobility is such a question. Leadership is a question. You know, all of this comes into play. Uh, Taking selfies, you know, after the game, it might not be a big deal, but that stuff can add up. And and again, Jones is just so much more mobile. Jones had just I, I just look at Daniel Jones and. I just think he's he's a really good quarterback. But so the Redskins, let's get back to our initial point here. If the Redskins end up taking Chase Young at number three, the Lions would then trade their pick because I don't think the Lions are in love with anybody. The Lions then trade with Miami and Miami selects Tongo Vailoa. Okay, the guy that they've coveted, the guy that they've tried to tank for. So then they then they really have been successful in everything that the Dolphins have done. Okay, then number four comes up on the board and there is going to be one team in particular. Several teams are going to want Herbert. You're going to have the L.A. Chargers, but they're at number six. Okay, Uh, that that's a very good draft position, but. For the Chargers to move up from number six to number four, they're only going to give you probably a second round or maybe next year because the swapping of two picks isn't all that significant. Even though it's first round value, you're only swapping two picks. Uh, so the Giants would definitely get Chase on. They would definitely get Epinesa. And they would probably, at number five, then the Lions, uh, there's a chance that the Lions would either select Simmons. But listen, if you love Derek Brown, you have Derek Brown and Chase on. There is not that big of a difference to me between Simmons and Chase on and Kenneth Murray. I personally view Kenneth Murray and Chase on as better than Simmons anyway. So I'm not on the Simmons at four train. I'm not. I'll support what the Giants do. And I think that Simmons it does have great potential in this league. But I don't think he's going to be that incredibly, incredibly special. And I think that the other two guys are going to be, if if better, just as good. Kenneth Murray and... Uh, K. Levon Chason. Levon Chason's probably my favorite player right now in the draft, and then Kenneth Murray uh, as well. So I think that the Giants are leaning Chason, and I'm leaning Chason personally. So 
At six, then, you're not going to get back the compensation that's all that great. You're still going to land a good player, but you still maybe get a second rounder in your back. So that's not even that bad. It looks like Carolina sticking with Cam Newton, which is fine. You then have the Indianapolis Colts at 13, and I believe that the Colts at 13 really like Justin Herbert as well. I think the Jordan Love stuff is all smoke, and I don't think that Ballard would be that obvious with his intent because he's one of the most savvy GMs in all of the NFL. This is the team that has been very quiet, that has been flirting with Tom Brady, and this is a team that I think, even if they signed Tom Brady, would be a perfect, perfect trade asset with the New York Giants and one that I would do in a second. I think Oakland is our perfect trading partner. Mike Mayock and Dave Gettleman. Oakland has 12 and 19 in this upcoming draft. So the New York Giants can then trade number four to Oakland and get 12 and 19 back. And then maybe a third because you're getting two mid-round good first round picks. And this draft class is absolutely stacked. So I look at Epinesa. If you chase on and Murray are my two picks, but say that you get chase on at 12 and say Kenneth Murray goes earlier, which Kenneth Murray's now sliding towards the back half of the first round. And if he has a good combine date, he could be in jeopardy of, of, of getting picked. But I look at chase on at 12 and I think chase on would be great. Now, if Chason is off the board, you then just get an elite-level pass rusher, a guy with high-level intelligence, and a guy who's very serious, a very different personality than Simmons. Again, they're, they're both fine personalities, right? But, but, but this guy, I'll tell you, his name is um, from Iowa. His name is Epa, is A.J. Epinesa from Edwardsville, Illinois. Edwardsville, Illinois is rural Illinois. It ain't Chicago. It's three hours south of Chicago. So that means that you're really in the rural. He's rural. Okay. He might even be from a Samoan background. He has a lot of family out in San Diego, California. The guy has discipline. His father played, I think, in the NFL. He's been coached up by Kirk Ferenz at Iowa. You look at Iowa and you look at success, whether it's James Daniels, George Kittle, uh, CJ Beffert. Iowa is a place, even Hawkinson is a really good player. Iowa churns out NFL caliber talent. Desmond King, Iowa is a place that is an NFL factory, especially for linemen. And that is why I'm going A.J. Epinesa. He's a track star. He's going to run great at the, uh, at the 40. So the point is, if you get 12 and 19, that's a dream come true for the Giants because then you get two unbelievable great defensive players, which I'd go Epinesa. Uh, I would go Kenneth Murray and Chase on, lock down the linebacker position. You then maybe have Clowney on top of that. Chase on can rush the passer, has speed. Um, like a D Ford style player, if he even puts on more weight. And then you have Kenneth Murray, who's like a Luke Keekley type of player, who's a freaking beast at the middle linebacker position, like a modern day Brian Urlacher. And that's a, that's a dream come true for a Giants fan, is to get two linebackers that are absolutely studly. 
Then you look at free agency. I think the Giants are going to get Carl Nassib in free agency. Kyle Van Noy's a little bit older. And again, I we got we just got rid of Alec Ogletree. So again, I'm choosing Chase on for sure. Chase on's my number one guy. I mean, listen to Chase on do an interview, okay? You listen to Chase on do an interview, you're going to absolutely love K. Levon Chase on. You're going to love his confidence. You're going to love everything that he's about. You're going to love his leadership. Even after the national championship game, K. Levon Chase on said he was disappointed because his defense didn't play as well as they wanted to and they shut Clemson down to 20 points. That is everything you need to know about Chason. He is an alpha and a very, very good leader. This linebacker class is filthy good. You also have Patrick Queen, who's a linebacker. But I like Kenneth Murray, and I like Chason a lot. I think Chason could end up being one of the best players in the entire, entire draft. Furthermore, If Miami then wants to go up to five, if if for some reason the Redskins select Tongo Vailoa, the the Detroit would stay at three and would take Chase Young. That means the Herbert sweepstakes would take on another realm, which would be incredible. Or you end up getting Chase Young at four. So no matter what, Burrow, Tua. And Chase Young, you have Burrow, Tua, Chase Young, and Herbert. Those are probably going to be your top four picks in this upcoming draft in some kind of fashion. And I like that Dave Gettleman is open to possibly, I like that Dave Gettleman is open to possibly trading out of that spot at number four. I like that he's finally open to it. Joe Judge had a spectacular press conference. I love everything that he's been saying. I don't think that our cap money is going to be allocated to Tom Brady. I just think the Giants are doing their due diligence. Even though you want to improve that position, and Tom Brady right now is better than what Daniel Jones is in a one-year scenario to win a Super Bowl, I would take Tom Brady next year if all money was equal. But the fact is, by putting Brady in there, uh, Daniel Jones would then have another mentor. You're then stunning his growth which it just has a lot of negatives. And Tom Brady, the amount of money that Tom is going to have, it's not necessary at all. Um, it, maybe even Jones can be just as good as Tom Brady. There's not that much of a difference. I, I wouldn't necessarily love it. But again, uh, I think Tom Brady would... Eh, Tom Brady and Jones would compete. And after this year, Brady would, you know, maybe Brady this year, next year. You're just trying to win at this point. So if Brady goes to the Giants, it's not going to be the most sad thing in the world. It'll just be interesting to see if Daniel Jones can continue to hang in there and develop. But again, Joe Judge believes in competition. So with Joe Judge and the Giants, I guess everything is anew. But I don't think the Giants would take Tom Brady. That would be a shocker if the Giants took Tom. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Tom could go to maybe Dallas, uh, maybe the Chargers, uh, Tennessee, or probably maybe even back to New England. Uh, the L.A. Raiders are a possibility, the Vegas Raiders. So I don't think that the Giants are going to do that. But if that happens, then that'll be 
very, very interesting. All right, so I covered the Giants, what I want them to do. Then in the second round for the New York Giants, Denzel Mims out of Baylor to me represents a Plexico Burris like player at six foot three, can really move, and he has great subtleties to his game that I really like. Like he can he can put his big paw on you and kind of just like guide you in a way that where it doesn't get called, you know, little push-offs, little nuances to create space, to create separation, and he would be a guy. You have Darius Slayton, who's already fast. You're going to have Golden Tate and Shepard back in the mix. You're going to have Caden and Evan Ingram there. So Denzel Mims could be a deep ball receiver, but also a, a really good red zone uh, guy. Um, I think that it's a possibility in the second round. I think Ben Barch... Uh, out of out of little Minnesota, if he's around, maybe he slips to round three, Ben Benjamin Barch. That would be a great pick for the Giants in round three. He's a former tight end who has athleticism as a tight end, um, but would go uh, he would go maybe in round three. Chase Claypool is another weapon. Now, I look at Chase as very similar to Evan Ingram, so I don't think that the Giants are going to end up selecting him, but he is a matchup nightmare. Uh, Jalen Rager out of TCU. Then you could start to look at either your line. After you go defense in round one, you can then start to look for you can then start to look for like maybe uh, game-breaking players. If you want to get Clyde Edwards-Alaire and have like a Frank Gore to your Saquon Barkley, that would be something because you are going to be running the football a lot. Um, one of these linemen, maybe Becton from, from Louisville, maybe he slips outside of round one because maybe they look at him as too much of a project. Maybe the guy, Josh Jones from, from Houston, will be there in round two as well. Um, there are going to be really good players uh, that, that are going to be there in round two. So let me just make sure that the Giants have round two. I guess that that could be considered a little bit bad uh, if, I, if I just blatantly got the draft picks messed up. So the Giants draft picks. Giants draft picks. Here we go. 2020 mock draft from Giants.com. Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper says Isaiah Simmons. Jeremiah says uh, Becton, okay? Uh, Jerry Judy, Okuda. I don't really want Okuda. I'll tell you, C.D. Lamb is the best wide receiver in this draft because C.D. Lamb is like Hopkins. He's going to fight off of you. He's going to high point the football. Great subtleties. Uh his cutting ability, his size, he has the complete package. And instead of just Henry Ruggs just blowing you away with speed, C.D. Lamb actually has cutting ability, runs the entire route tree, can catch deep balls, can make underneath plays, very hard to tackle. C.D. Lamb is an elite Pro Bowl caliber, DeAndre Hopkins-like, absolute freak, incredible wide receiver. I look at Jerry Judy then, and I look at Judy as a better Calvin Ridley. So Judy is going to be a really, really talented and great wide receiver. Judy reminds me a little bit of Diggs, a little bit of feeling. He's going to be a pro bowler. He's going to be a really good player. He's the second best receiver that I have. And then I have Justin Jefferson, number three. 
three. I look at Jefferson really being complete, uh, really special uh, player, doesn't have really any holes to his game. Uh, I'm trying to really think of the comparison with Jefferson uh, in the NFL in terms of a wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to say, though, that that Ruggs is good, but more like Tyler Lockett. Uh, I'll say that Jefferson. Jefferson has more size than Debo Samuel, so I'm not going to say that Jefferson is Debo Samuel. I'm going to say a little bit of Amari Cooper in Jefferson's game. Man, just a solid, solid wide receiver. Really good wide receiver. And Denzel Mims has a little Kenny Galladay to him. So Denzel Mims, a little Plexco, a little Kenny Galladay, a little Keenan Allen. Uh, I, I like Denzel Mims as well. Jalen Rager, again, a little Tyler Lockett. Uh, again, a speedster. Uh, very versatile player, can go up and high point the football. Jalen Rager, his vertical leaping ability is tremendous, uh, and he is just perfect for this kind of day and age passing in the NFL with smaller corners. Rager, I'm a big fan of. I would actually put Rager over Henry Ruggs because Rager is just a more versatile player. There's more skills in the tool set there from a wide receiver standpoint. But, but again, it, it's hard to go wrong with uh, – there's so many there, – there are a lot of great receivers out there. Like Benjamin Victor's even a pretty good receiver. Um, Judy, we mentioned. C.D. Lamb. Uh, Henry Ru – so we have mentioned, like, the top dogs. Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, James Prochet. Uh, there is a lot of great, great choices. Michael Pittman, like, a round three. Van Jefferson, a round three. I think Pittman is going to go in round three. Anyway, it looks like it's snowing here. Uh, the fan coming in to the podcast. Uh, but anyhow, I think that we were talking about the Giants draft picks. And for some reason, it's not even that easy to get the draft picks from the New York Giants. So the Giants, they have round two, number 36 overall. And they also have a third round or a fourth, so we're good. So, so, round, so round two, 36 overall, is absolutely great. Okay. So basically, uh, right here on the show, I'm actually going to, with the recording, I'm going to try to split this up into two recordings. So thank you guys for listening on YouTube right now to the Giants, uh, what, what the Giants should do in the upcoming draft. All right, now we'll continue on with just overarching themes from the Combine. Okay, and the Giants, you know, I mentioned it was Giants heavy to start, but now I'm going to go overarching themes from the Combine, um, James Morgan. I'm going to give a big shout-out to James Morgan and his people because James Morgan, what ended up happening with James is that James, uh, I think somebody even in his family related to Morgan, uh, retweeted me, uh, which was really, really cool to see. Um, again, he has a great following there, not only in Miami and Bowling Green, but he's a guy who grew up right in the footsteps of Lambeau Field and right outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin. His idols growing up were Aaron, 
uh, and Brett Favre. So Aaron Rodgers and Favre. The guy uh, has a really talented arm. Like he can make all the throws. He has great, great velocity. Um, it's just that the guy, the guy from a mobility standpoint, can certainly improve. And if he goes off platform, then I think that the guy has a lot of. Uh, the guy just has a ton of skill. Now it's. I, I think his floor is Kellen Clements. So I was always a huge Kellen Clements fan, and I liked always how Kellen Clements played the game. Uh, just Kellen Clements improvisationally could have been better, and then Kellen Clements never really got the starting nod, and he was kind of content to be a backup. So for James Morgan, whether he gets selected in round three or round five, I think that he doesn't go past round five. I think the Patriots or somebody great is going to scoop up James Morgan. James Morgan then is going to have to solidify a backup job, and then he's going to have to have some luck involved with the process. And unfortunately, luck could result in a guy in front of you getting hurt. Like you look at Kyle Allen, and you, I, I'm a guy you never want to wish injuries upon anybody. Kyle Allen, you know, Cam Newton gets hurt. Kyle Allen now gets this big sample size to play. Nick Foles goes down week one. Gardner Minshew takes, um, you know, goes in the game and and has some great game-winning drives late, like against Denver. He had some clutch game-winning drives, and he solidified himself as a guy who could possibly be a starting quarterback in this league. So James Morgan is going to have to be like Kirk Cousins. He's going to have to light it up in the preseason. He's going to have to push the starting quarterback – and he really, if the if preseason comes down to two preseason games, he's going to have to light it up. But I truly believe that James Morgan can because this guy can make throws. If it's a cover two, okay, if it's cover two, James Morgan can make a throw where he can throw it between the cornerback and the safety along the sideline on a 15-yard kind of out. And he can freeze the safety. And he had Butch Davis as his coach at FIU. So James Morgan, the ball just pops off his hands. The arm talent is great. The leadership, he has a ton of poise, really a ton of poise. And this is a guy who played at a smaller school, so he truly is a gem in this class. And I want to see him rise up these draft boards, even the round three to round four. He had a terrific day at the Combine, and yesterday it was late. Rich Eisen, Jeremiah, all these guys were kind of just enjoying themselves late and weren't really completely dialed into every throw. And I guess it did make for a very entertaining broadcast. So just looking at the quarterback position, I kind of went over the wide receivers earlier, like having C.D. Lamb, number one, having Justin Jefferson and Judy as the clear-cut top three. Then I would even maybe put Denzel Mims at number four with Jalen Rager. Henry Ruggs would be six for me, which is kind of a huge surprise. Um, Jalen Waddle to me is more of the Tyree Kill. Henry Ruggs to me is more of the Tyler Lockett. And I am excited to see what John Ross, I still am holding out hope that John Ross is going to stay healthy and going to be really, really good uh, in the NFL. He just needs to have one year where he completely turns it around. Kind of like a Kenyon Drake um, just has to have that year and that fit 
like a Marvin Jones for Detroit who really came into his own after being with Cincinnati too. Marvin Jones just upped his game, took his game to the, to the next level with Matt Stafford. I hope that with Joe Burrow, uh, ju- uh, Justin Ross, I believe, yes, is his name, or uh, yes, the guy from uh, from Washington I'm thinking of. Yeah, I really hope that he could take his game next level. Let's go. We were talking about quarterbacks. So James Morgan to me, clearly top six. If you want to go seven, I would go Jake Luton. Guys that are completely off the board that some people just still really like. Jalen Hurts, to me, is going to be round five or round six. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not Dak Prescott. Jalen Hurts is not going to be like a great, you know, you're kind of your, what's it called, your um, Taysom Hill. His release is just too funky of a release. It goes too low and then the high. His throwing motion is just not good. It is even similar to Tim Tebow's throwing motion. Uh, Same with Kelly Bryan. It's the same problem uh, for those two guys specifically. Shea Patterson, too small of hands, very weak arm strength, not really going to cut it. Anthony Gordon, not enough mobility. Uh, Nate Stanley. Not not the best deep ball thrower. He needs to throw with more height on the ball. Lewerke, I don't know if Lewerke, Lewerke's a thrower, but I don't know if Lewerke can really, uh, he can throw the ball hard, but is he a guy that is going to be able to lead receivers? Is he going to be a guy that is able to throw the ball high, different trajectories? He just hasn't really been taught that, and he had very poor coaching at Michigan State. I mean, that offense is completely archaic. But the guy does have, you know, adequate hand size, 10 inch hands. He's a tall guy and he does have throwing ability. It's just that I don't think that he's a spectacular, accurate quarterback. Um, So I have him higher than most, but I don't think that he is necessarily going to work. Jordan Love and Jacob Eason. I think Eason needs to go to a really awesome situation and be coached up because I just look, I don't think Jacob Eason's going to elevate where he's at. And you looked at him at Washington and he didn't really elevate where he was at. Um, Again, has trouble throwing with different trajectories, but Jacob Eason from a talent standpoint is absolutely right up there with the top three. So I, I put Eason number four. Um, the top three, the, 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 the rankings that I would go, I would go Tango Vailoa number one. I would then go Joe Burrow, then Justin Herbert. It's very tight. I would maybe go, and I always change this list. I'll go Justin two and Joe Burrow three. Um, but I think that all three are going to be like the 04 draft class. And I actually think Burrow, uh, has just been impressing me lately with all the combine interviews and stuff. So I'll maybe go Burrow two and I'll change my mind and put Herbert three. But Justin Herbert is is going to be a very, very good quarterback. All three of these guys, Tua, if he stays healthy, he's going to be unbelievably terrific. Joe Burrow is going to be very solid. And Herbert has a higher upside than Joe Burrow. But again, depends on the fit and where he ends up going in this draft. So it's a really a three QB draft. Then you look at Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason, if he gets put in the right situation, could be a flat-out stud. 
Um, but he has to really go to the right situation. I think Jacob Eason as a thrower is much better than Jordan Love. Jordan Love kind of has a longer release. Now, Jordan Love is much more of an athlete than Jacob Eason. So Jordan Love can make off-schedule plays uh, better than Jacob Eason. But Jordan Love, I just don't love the inaccuracy. I think he has trouble with depth perception. The release is a little bit slow. He reminds me of a faster Jameis Winston, which I guess would be all right. Um, but I just see Love as actually Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, unfortunately, that's what I see Love as, is kind of a backup quarterback for a very long time. I actually think Jordan Love in this process is going to go in round two. So that's kind of a hot take that I have. I'm going to say Love goes in round two, and there's a very good chance that Eason uh, will go in round two as well, especially if the, um, like if the Colts get a free agent quarterback, uh, especially if the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks could really like Jacob Eason. I think that the Bucks will like Eason, but Jordan Love is going to be going outside of the first round. That goes against every mock draft that you see out there, but that's kind of just a prediction that I have on on right here on the podcast. I think Love is going to go in the second round, mid-second round, kind of like Drew Locke last year. And the good news for Love is that if you get selected in the second round, you're still going to be expected to play within three years. If you go in the third round like Will Greer, then you could have some problems on your hands if you go third round. If Jacob Eason goes second round, I'd be a little bit worried as well. The Steelers could absolutely take a quarterback because they don't really have the their they don't have their franchise quarterback after Big Ben. So that's going to be a team in round two. Even in round one, towards the latter stages of round one, that's going to be a team to look for and to kind of watch out for is uh, is Pittsburgh with with the quarterback. Um, yesterday's combine, yesterday's combine was it, it, it was all right at night. Uh, the receivers all caught the passes through the gauntlet. They're all very talented. Henry Ruggs, that was the most exciting part, maybe the 40. Uh, it was frustrating how even with Jacob Beeson, the, the, literally the NFL Network and ESPN both went to commercial when you're trying to watch the quarterbacks, which is really frustrating. But again, you're only watching a couple of dig routes. And with the long ball portion, I thought that Eason threw the ball well at the long ball portion, slightly inaccurate at times. Uh, Jordan Love threw good dig routes, but his long ball, he didn't exactly like really uncork high long ball passes. And that's the thing. Can he throw the ball deep and with height? That is going to be something that, again, you're going to want to see from Jordan Love in this process. But James Morgan, James Morgan to me, um, is is definitely right up there with those top guys. And I think he should be selected ahead of Jalen Hurts. Cole McDonald is a guy that uh, I, you know, had some buzz out of Hawaii, but his throwing motion is, is flat out weird, and he was just very inaccurate all over the field. He had a poor showing at the Combine for sure. He is not a guy that's consistent. He is a little bit like Colt Brennan, another former Hawaii quarterback. 
So if Jalen Hurts surprises or if Jordan Love, Jordan Love I look at as Deshaun Kaiser, like a backup quarterback that, you know, is always kind of in the mix but never really like getting his chance to start, never really, you know, factoring into the league. Um, so it's sad to kind of say that about a player, um, but it's just a prediction. So these guys obviously have more in control. Jake Fromm. Uh, to me, would be in the top eight. I think that in round five, Jake Fromm is going to get selected because of his pedigree at Georgia. And if you're looking for a guy like a Chase Daniel or a Colt McCoy, who's a tremendous backup quarterback, that's going to be a tremendous asset in the quarterback room, Jake Fromm is that guy. And I'd love to have Jake Fromm on my team any day of the week, be a really good backup. He would push the starter. He does get rid of the ball quickly. So I look at Fromm as not having the talent of like a James Morgan or Jordan Love or Eason, but he would probably be number number seven on my list would be Fromm, followed by Jake Luton. So Fromm, to me, is a good fourth-round pick because even if he doesn't play, you're still having a good uh, quarterback in the room that is learning and a quarterback that is totally capable of winning playoff games. Kind of like A.J. McCarron might have more arm talent than Jake Fromm, but Jake Fromm is going to be able to, to move the football, and he's not going to take a lot of sacks because he does have that quick release. He's going to be able to get rid of it quickly. Um, again, a backup. He is not a starting quarterback. There is only about six guys that can really be starters for a while. Um, and Jake Fromm, to me, maybe Fromm ends up winning. Maybe Fromm is like a Dak. So I don't want to doubt Jake Fromm in this process because Jake Fromm always proves you kind of wrong in this process. He's a gamer. He's cagey. And, I mean, he he's about all the right intangibles. So... I'll go seven guys that could start in this draft. And Jake Fromm and Jalen Hurts, I would actually view Jake Fromm higher than Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to go Fromm. I am then going to go um, James Morgan, uh, Jordan Love. Then at four, I put Jacob Eason. Number three, I am going to go Herbert Burrow and then Tua as the top guy in this draft. And the Redskins they might really want to select uh, Tua Tagovailoa. But that's kind of where I think about with this whole process, uh, with, with the whole scouting um, process, um, really good running backs as well. And, um, again, enjoyed doing this uh, 45-minute podcast for YouTube. It's separated into, like, two 28-minute you know, clips pretty much. Um, so again, I want to thank you guys, uh, for, for as always listening, uh, to what I have to say or watching what I have to say. All right, let's wrap it up right at 46 minutes, 46, good number. Thank you guys for listening. More combine stuff later in the week. Take care. Thank y'all. See ya.